Welcome to the Kayak Bass Nation. Is that a gun? <laughs> what? Somebody What's up, man? Somebody's shooting up the club here. That's how we do it. That's how you come, that's how you come into the to, to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Uh, we got guns and fishing going on apparently over there. What's going on, Ryan? I, I don't know, man. Dodging bullets out here in Texas. Floodwaters, everybody's gators, bullets, whole deal. Everybody, everybody's safe. Uh, yeah, man. What a weekend. I uh, got to hang out with Ryan a little bit this weekend. We had a good time down at Sam Rayburn. Both of us put up. I'd say respectable finishes. We didn't get, do what we wanted to do and cash checks, but we hung in there, caught a lot of fish, and had a good time. What did you think about the weekend, man? I had a blast. You know, I, I was worried about it going in uh, as far as, like, water conditions and, and whatnot, but, you know, it made it really fun to be in a kayak tournament out there because you could launch almost anywhere, and there were so many fish in that lake. I mean, it was freaking stacked with fish. Yeah, insane. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect when we heard floodwaters. I was glad they were putting it on anyway, but I expected chocolate milk and debris everywhere, and it was basically like a full bathtub. There's clear water all over the place, and not really a lot of debris to speak of. It was. It was great. Great fish. Chris Mark says your your normal smooth voice is slightly distorted uh, uh, tonight. Really? That's what he said. All right. My bad, I'm bro. Gonna him. I'm gonna trust him. Well, we'll do. I'll do what we can. Uh, I'll do what I can here to try to fix that as we go. We got a big show. We've got two winners. Uh, Brian Scarberry, of course, that won the the uh, Raven event that we were at. And then I didn't really pay attention to what was going on up north because we were fishing. But the the St. Clair event, the KBF back to back events. Holy cow! We got Brandon Bissell on here who actually absolutely hammered him back to back hundred inch limits. So we'll get him on here too. We're going to talk to both those guys. Uh, but first, we kind of wanted to to recap the weekend we had some wild stuff go down that we got to witness over the weekend what we want to talk about i don't even know where we want to start uh let's start with so i arrived at sam rayburn at the house that i'm staying with and and one of the house guests hits me with a confession uh he he uh admitted that he was the gentleman we were scouring the earth for uh, at Dardanelle, the, the infamous canal blocker, and turns out he was in a yellow Hobie with a giant Razorback sticker on it at all. But he did say he would like to come on KBN as a guest and tell his side of the story. So I'm not going to drop the name. We're going to have him on as a guest. Uh, you know, we'll do a little segment and let him tell what it was like for his side. It's, it's very interesting. Okay. Well, I, I think I've fixed my audio. We'll see. Let me know in the comments if it's any bit any good. Uh, it's still, yeah, it's we still did. breaking up. I'll tell you now. It is okay. It is. Well, it's all right. It's fine. It's all right. We're gonna let you carry the convo then, Ryan. As I, <laughs> as I work on it. Uh, what was uh, your, what's your what's your buddy that hung out with us? We learned uh, a new face in the community that is a uh, awesome and hilarious guy. I, I wasn't sure what to expect because he's from here, but Billy Bowden. Billy I mean, Bowden. Billy Bowden set set the bar for us. It was uh, entertaining. To say the least, wasn't it, right? The guy is like, uh, I mean, he's a character, man. I, I don't think we stopped laughing, uh, you know, any any night that he was around, which happened to be every night. He definitely became one of uh, one of the road crew there for sure. He's very entertaining. Uh, he taught us a new saying. Uh, we have T-shirts available online now, WDO, 
uh, wide dick open. Apparently that's a saying somewhere in Arkansas. Like, you know, I'm just going wide dick open. And Billy taught us that. And I'm very, very thankful that you did. According to Billy, that's something everybody says, even though I've never heard it before. Except but no now one. everybody's going to say it. And I think it can be used as a both a noun, verb, and maybe an adjective, all, all three at the same time. It's super catchy and useful, I think. Yeah. So we, we had a little side bet going. Anyone in our house that placed in the money had to use that in their description of the tournament, but it didn't work. So nobody, nobody cashed check in our house. So Edwin I think almost that's why Ewing, Ewing threw the tournament. Ewing, Ewing had the bag. He had a 110-inch bag. He just didn't want to throw it up. So he didn't have to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was hilarious. Uh, funny night. Uh, there was some more stuff that went on. I mean, I'm trying to find the picture. I cannot find it. But did everyone see the two-handed fish pick? Two hands on the fish. <laughs> Guys, it's in, our, it's, a, it's in our group chat, but uh, yeah, that was weird. So I think it was Mark Pendergraft that threw it up in there, and I was like trying to figure out what was wrong. I was looking at the, at the tail to make sure it was good. I was looking at the mouth to make sure it was good, and I was like, man, both his hands are like not covering, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. If both his hands are on the fish, how do he take the picture? And then we Did get we to the bottom. figure that out? Uh, someone was helping him. I think somebody said it was like his his first tournament or something that was like a PB or whatever. And he had a uh, third party over the shoulder of the job and, and take the pick. And that, you know, that kind of brings into question, is that assistance? Is that somebody, I mean, obviously somebody helping you in the tournament. So I don't know where that falls. Yeah. Let's see if I can throw it up here real quick. There it is. Looky there. Two hands on the pick. It's like a magic act. <laughs> Oh man, that was good. That was that was fun. And then we had kind of a, a, a strange, like ominous post made uh, about the Lake Saint Clair tournament that multiple DQs were coming. And I don't know where, where the multiple was. I did hear of one. And, and when we had winner on, I want to ask him about you know what what he thinks happened there or whatever. But uh, that was that was another thing that kind of busted out on us this weekend. Was it crossing into international waters, or what was the? What was the it, it was, the, yeah. So that was that was the thing that that apparently this guy was reported for, and uh, if if sources are correct, it was none other than Border Patrol officer Joe Camiotti that busted oh. this guy in international waters, and you know was kind enough to to report him to the authorities. But when the guy pulled up his graph, you can see just one line, like he drifted literally drifted across the border and right back to all the squiggles and dude turned him in for that. So that's cool. Nice. Spot yeah. burner and border patrol agent. Way to <laughs> Amazing. Go, Amazing. Good, Amazing. Good job, man. Uh, yeah. Big weekend, man. And I'm excited to get both these guys in here and talk to them. Uh, you know, Brian, of course, because he fished, fished the lake we fished. Uh, but then Brandon, what he did up on St. Clair was amazing. You know, back-to-back -back dubs and back-to-back -back 100 inches on big smallies. That's nice. I looked at his limits. He had 9 out of 10 over 20 inches in his two days. Ah, um, man. Dreams, dreams cool. are made of That's that. Cool. So let's stop messing around and get them boys in here. What do you say? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, y'all. KBN Live is brought to you by Western Sun Vodka. Western Sun Vodka is a 10 times distilled, award-winning, gluten-free vodka. They're independently owned and crafted in Pilot Point, Texas.
All right, we're back. Uh, welcome to KBN Live. Uh, Brian Scarberry and Brandon Bissell, thanks for taking the time, boys. I know both y'all are beat, uh, probably like we are. Maybe still riding the adrenaline, I don't know, but thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks hey, for having us on. Thank you very much. But I, I, I just want to say, did you say nine out of ten fish was over 20 inches? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty incredible day, uh, or That's I should insane, say two days. Man. I had a 19.75 I couldn't get rid of on Sunday. No matter how that was your tried. smallest fish was nineteen seventy five. Yeah, nineteen seventy five. small one. Gosh. Yeah, garbage. Yeah. How could you do that to us, man? Gotcha. We need a ten twenty. I try. I'm. I'm sorry to let the team down. <laughs> we got to be clear uh, that awesome. he was the that one not. Awesome. That he was the one not fishing in Texas. That's right. That you know. <laughs> <Yeah. everybody laughs> you think of hundred inch limits. Everybody's like, oh, he's got to be in Texas. You know. Everybody here in Sam Rayburn. <laughs> Sam Rayburn, 200 inches to win, and then you peek, peek up there, and, and he's got 100 both days. Matter of fact, uh, yeah. I think the first, first and second had over 100 on day one or something like that. Is that right, Brandon? Yeah, both both days. I think uh, on day one I had 101 and a half, and Tar had 101 even. On day two I had 102, and uh, Cole Garland, uh, which Tar and Cole are both great guys, uh, I think Cole had 100 even on day two. So. There were some big fish caught. I think big fish of the in the two days over the weekend was a, a twenty-one seven five. So there's there's some good fish turned in this weekend. It's a solid solid brown fish for sure. Were those all smallmouth? Yeah, there, there were some guys that there were some guys that flirted around uh, fishing for some largemouth. Uh, pretty easy to get eighty-five or so inches a largemouth at will on Saint Clair, yeah. but you're not going to do much better than that. Yeah, that's wow. silly. Well, let's uh, let's get into both these. That. Let's get into both these events. I know uh, we'll get we'll do a little home cooking since Brian was in the one we fished. We'll start with him first. Is that all right? <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Let's, let's talk about. It. I mean, Ryan and I were there. Both of us caught a lot of fish, but we obviously didn't stumble on the right fish. So tell us a little bit about what you found and how you made it hold up over two days. Um. Well, I guess uh, you know, I'll start with uh, I got there on Friday at like nine thirty uh, in the morning, so. I, I kind of knew I didn't want to go to the banks. Uh, you know, everybody that I talked to was just like, I'm going to flip bushes. I'm going to flip bushes. So, which, you know, when it floods, that's what, you know, you think you're going to do. And I knew people were going to do well up there, but uh, I really wanted to find something on that old bank line. Um, a lot of the lakes that I fish in te South Texas, they go through these normal cycles of being real low for a long time and then getting flooded. Um, and so my experiences on Amistad and Choke and Falcon, um, kind of led me to think that, you know, maybe after two weeks of being this high, some fish are going to start moving back out to that old bank line. And so, um, I just scouted that, tried to figure out, you know, where they were positioned on there. And, and sure enough, I found them right between the hay grass and the hydrilla, um, and I could see them on the live scope uh, really well. You know, they come out, go back in, um, caught some good fish on in practice on spinner baits and, and rattle traps and just trying to cover water and, and find, you know, fine tune it a little bit. But uh, tournament day came around and, and they kind of changed their tone a little bit. Um, the bite on the spinner bait and rattle trap was not even close to what it was on Friday. Um, so I, I had to kind of, uh, finesse it a little bit with a, a ribbon tail worm um and uh i i would see them 
they were kind of sitting up above that hay grass and, and that hay grass had kind of floated up about four or five feet up off the bottom. So that ribbon tail, you know, would kind of be down in the grass most of the time. And, and I feel like most of the fish were up on top. Um, but they didn't want to eat, they didn't want to eat chatterbait. Um, they didn't want to eat spinnerbait, rattle trap, nothing like that. So, uh, I started just swimming that ribbon tail just right over the tops of the grass and just taking little tops of the grass. And, and that's where, uh, that's where those big ones would come from is, is doing that. Um, it was, it was few and far between, you know, it wasn't hot and heavy, but, um, I knew that was how I was going to catch those bigger ones. So that worked out. Yeah. Uh, same with all the, the leaderboard day one, you, you were in seventh place, 86 and a quarter inches. And no offense to you, but everybody was talking about Eric Siddiqui and Brian Howell and Guillermo's up top. Uh, and you were just yeah. kind of creeping down there with 86 and a quarter. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you laying feel in pretty the weeds. good? Yeah. yeah, laying in the weeds, literally. Did, did you, were you feeling pretty good about, about day two, like it was going to reload or even I, get better? I actually was, yeah, because uh, day two I didn't really – there was one point where I caught the, the, the two 19s on day one, and I actually broke off one. Um, I broke it off and then it jumped and it, it was over 20. Um, and so I knew, I knew there had to be more like that in that spot. It was, you know, deeper offshore a little bit. So, um, <clears throat> I knew if I went back and just focused on that, on that ribbon tail bite, um, I had a chance at, at putting a pretty big limit on the board. Uh, you know, I, I kind of was hoping for over a hundred, but, uh, <laughs> It didn't happen, but, uh, you know, I, I actually made one little adjustment on Sunday that I think, um, I think actually made a difference was, you know, that first one that I caught was that 22 and a, and a half. Um, and when I got her in the boat, she had a big red claw sticking out of her throat. Oh. Um, and so I had tried red rattle traps, you know, Rayburn red, that's what everybody talks about. So. I tried that, and like I said, I think uh, I think they were just a little bit off still out there. You know, it's Rayburn. You know, those fish just get beat on, even though they've had a pretty good break. I think they're just still conditioned a little bit. Um, so uh, I actually had a red flipping jig, and uh, I put a green pumpkin uh, ultravibe speed crawl on the back of that, the the Magnum ultravibe, and and just started swimming that. And I mean, within five casts, I had another. Uh, I think it was a 21 uh, and then I had that 19. Um, so, uh, I think, you know, making that little adjustment on Sunday made a difference. Um, and then I was able to fill my limit out with the ribbon tail and, and the swim jig. I was just kept cycling between those two baits and, and I had that, that smallest one was, I think, uh, 16 and a quarter. And I, I tried everything I could to, to call that one out and, uh, it just never worked out. Yeah. Pretty fish. Did any, did any of your fish have any of those sores on them? I haven't pulled the pictures up yet. Right? I never catch. No, them. man, they were all beautiful. Yeah. This one, this one actually had a little. Yeah. No, this one actually had that orange area on her lip, and I've never seen a bass with that before. That orange coloration. And I don't know if that's from the crawfish or or what, but uh, I saw a picture of another. I think it was Jeff Isham's uh, uh, twenty four. That was had a lot of orange too, on her too. Gosh, that oh, was freaking yeah. so huge fish. There, there it is. It just happened to be there. Mondo. Yeah, giant. Isn't he? 
So, you know, and he was that, doing something completely different. You know, he was out there um, fishing uh, late, you know, big lay down pine trees uh, kind of on the main lake. So it was really interesting to see see the multiple different patterns. You know, I think a lot of a lot of the top guys were kind of doing all different stuff. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and I, uh, and Ryan can confirm this or not, he's kind of freezing up there. We fished out deep. I fished the main lake on, you know, 15 to 20 feet deep most of day one and day two, and he fished 30 feet on day one, I think. And he, he can confirm that really? if he wants to. Yeah, I was out there. Uh, I was out there on, like, a main lake point, and I was on a – it was a huge school, but it was mostly spots. But I caught, like, yeah. a couple of nice largemouth out of it pre-fishing, and I caught some largemouth out of it on day one, but it was like a 17 and a half and a 15 instead of like a 22 and a, and a 19. So yeah, uh, I sat on it all day because I was, I was so far out. I had pretty much like stuck myself, uh, you know, after about one o'clock, there wasn't an opportunity to make a move. It would have taken so long to get back and load up. So uh, th yeah. that's kind of what I did on day one. But day two, I did the opposite and I was super shallow. And I was catching up the grass in people's yards. That was the pattern. It had to be a yard wow. and all the way down and had weeds growing up. I caught a couple off a chain link fence with this dude sitting on the back porch. It was hilarious. <laughs> they were everywhere. That's awesome. He's on that garden gnome. I would have loved I, I, I would have loved to get on like a frog bite up there in that stuff, but uh I actually tried to go up in there on Saturday and uh I got stuck because uh I, I was throwing a frog. My frog got stuck on a on a root system, and then there was a pine tree laying across the openings, so I couldn't get my pro angler up over that log. I I, I sat there and tried and tried and tried for probably ten or fifteen minutes, and uh, I couldn't get up over it. So I had to cut my line and actually go out and around to go get my frog back. <laughs> wow. So th those guys that spent all day back up in that stuff, I. I commend them because that, I know that was a lot of work. <laughs> I feel like that timber was never ending. You could just keep going and never find yeah. the bank almost in some of those spots. For sure. Wow. Uh, uh, you see the question from Larry, Larry Hill? Yeah, let me throw that on here. We got a question from the crowd. Brian, did you stay in one general area on day one and two, or did you have to move around to keep finding fish? Um, so day one um, – most of my fish came off of uh, about an 80 yard stretch, but I moved around a lot. You know, I, I kind of, I didn't want to commit to that because I, I had a feeling there was just something else that I could have been doing. So I kept kind of, you know, wandering off and, and going somewhere else. And then I would come right back and I would catch fish um, in that spot again. So, so Sunday I just said, I'm not moving. I'm staying right here. Um, and so Sunday I, I probably didn't go more than 80 yards all day. And it was a really small window. Um, the two big fish I caught on Saturday and, 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 the, and the three big fish I caught on Sunday were all between 9 and 11. Um, like I said, it wasn't hot and heavy, but you, you, I didn't catch anything early and I didn't catch anything late. It was that little window. Um, and that was, you know, I, I was catching fish before and after that, but nothing over like 17 and a half. All those big ones were in that little window. Interesting. I mean, we were worried the lake was not going to fish well, and but that was not the case at all. It, obviously, it was full and flooded and made for, uh, I guess, confusing conditions. You could catch them almost anywhere, but catching the right ones was the part that you had to figure out. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it yeah, was, a lot of a, a lot of guys were fishing the area that I was in, um, 
and uh, you know, talking to a lot of them when we when we got back on Friday, they all said the same thing. You know, caught a lot of fish, but nothing over seventeen. Um, and so that's that's what really kind of pushed me to just focus on trying to figure out how to catch those those fish in that hay grass because I could see them on that live scope. I knew they were good fish. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of them, but every once in a while you'd see a giant come up out of that hay grass and look around for a minute and go back down in it. Um, so I just, I said, I, I got to figure this out. I, I'm either going to, you know, figure it out or, or bust, you know? So. Yeah. I'm, I've got to go buy a live scope now after, you know, Ewing, <laughs> Ewing, Ewing wore him out of Seminole with it. He did it again at Hartwell. Uh, you've you've clearly just done that to us, Sam Rayburn. A couple guys that I've got here uh, at the house with me now have been have been stroking them pretty good on live scope too. So I can't fight it anymore. Uh, I'm gonna have to run down and pick them up. Yeah, it was it was very. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'll say Ewing caught an eight and a half pounder on his live scope during practice, and said he lost a nine or ten pounder. So it's a definitely a weapon if you know what you're doing. Wow, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. I when I bought it. I started using it and I was like, Man, this thing sucks. <laughs> and I've, I've known a lot of people that buy it and, and use it and they're like, no, it sucks. But it's a learning curve. Once you get a good feel for it, and I, I really think everyone uses it a little bit differently to fit their style. I don't use it to target individual fish as much as some of the other guys that I know. Um, I use it mostly to to scan in front of me as I'm working a bank, you know, because there's so many times where you're going along and, um, you know, without the live scope, you, you have to go over something to know that it was there. And, and I think a lot of these fish, um, you know, they, they don't, they don't eat as well if you, if you paddle over them, you know, our, our kayaks are obviously a lot quieter than a bass boat, but those, those fish finders are, are, are pretty noisy. Um, and, I, and I think that that was also one thing that I was doing uh, at Rayburn is I was making super long casts. I mean, just as long as I could possibly make and every fish that I caught that mattered um, was, was up, was at the end of a long cast. Uh, I didn't catch any big fish close to me at all. So I think that was a big part of it too, you know, staying out or away from everything. Awesome. That's smart. Uh, I was going to say, say we know enough about these green fish. I don't care yeah, anything about them. Brandon, let's tell pivot. us about big brown ones. Yeah, pivot yeah, over Brandon. Yeah. For sure. Let's go, let's go to yeah. the north uh, and talk about It was about a fun weekend. I'll say that much. Yeah, man. Let me see. Um, I got Dave, are those Dogecoin behind you? What is that? You got to put them on display when you get them, right? Yeah, I know. I use them as coasters. <laughs> well, maybe one day I'll have as many as you. No, I don't have any. I have one. I quit. So you definitely have more of those than I will. I promise. Yeah, man. I just want to first before we do anything, let's talk about that boat you're in there, <laughs> sir. <laughs> what kind of boat you in there, buddy? Yeah, so I'm uh I'm running uh, uh Old Town Sportsman, a 120 PDL. Right. Um, it's I I liked it. I put it. I, I got wet this this uh, this weekend. Uh, not the boat's fault, but. Lake St. Clair, we have a phenomenon called St. Clair Rough. You can have the calmest conditions in the world, and you'll still have three footers on the lake. Um, it is a pleasure boater's dream. They all run, obviously not on pad, plowing as much water as possible. Um, so oh, it can geez. be the calmest day with a 
winds light and variable and you'll feel like you're in the middle of the pacific ocean but uh that's why there's a little bit of standing water in the in the in the yak there trying to measure fish while taking you know big waves is always fun but sometimes that little artificial uh, current the waves you get out there can turn on something special and uh pre-fishing was was pretty bad i'm not gonna lie uh i text uh the individual who took number two tower ali i told him uh before day one i'll be lucky if i get 93 95 inches man i found a small pot of fish um i found a small pot of fish 18 19 inches i know it's not going to get it done a uh, little kind of prerequisite to this tournament um back in april for the Topwater Elite Series. Uh, it's a two-day uh, high payout event that we have here um, in Michigan. On day two, I put up 103 and a quarter inches on St. Clair. So um, everyone's kind of sending me texts, hey, we're going to repeat this time. And after day one, I, or after uh, pre-fishing, I truthfully didn't think I was going to touch 100 inches. But you know how it goes. Everything kind of changes a little bit on tournament day. You spend a little bit more time fishing a little thorough, more thoroughly put your head down and fish and you start piecing it together a little bit. And that's what we did. And we found some, some pretty nice fish there on day one and two. Man, every tournament I've had this year, if I had a really, really good practice, the tournament day was terrible. Right. Um, and then Rayburn comes around and, and I got, you know, six hours of practice and, and didn't really feel very good. And, and, you know, same thing you said, it's just, it's, it's kind of funny how that works. It's almost like, uh, you get a little humble pie every once in a while when you get a little too confident in practice. Yeah, ex <laughs> exactly you right. You got to pay the karma fairy, I think. I think you have to yeah. you take a few beatings before you get a good one in. Yeah. Uh, what was your pattern? This year's been rough. You, I mean, obviously, you know, St. Clair's known for like rock piles and road beds and that kind of thing. Were you on like finesse bite or were you kind of like fish moving baits, power fishing a little bit or what, what were you on? So, uh, so a little bit of mix, man. I've, uh, Pretty much everything I threw, I caught fish on. Um, I wanted to cover water. Uh, we're in kind of a weird transition right now. You have some fish post-spawn. Uh, you got quite a few fish post-spawn. You still have some fish spawning sporadically. And depending on where you go, there's probably still pre-spawners out there somewhere where the colder river is or, or something. But I wanted to cover water because I, I didn't feel like I was on the winning fish. And... Uh, Saturday morning, the first thing I picked up was a half ounce white spinner bait. And my first fish in the morning was 20 and a quarter. And when it hit the net, I was like, okay, you know, that's, you immediately go from, all right, this isn't going to be a great tournament. To, uh, now we need four more and we have something special. So uh, it was, it was pretty good. It was, it was pretty fun. Um, I had a lot of fish would come up and swipe at a spinner bait. You know, I'd be burning it below the surface. I'd see them come up. I'd lose the blades. You know, you just lose the vibration. Fish come up, swipe at it, hurry up, get the spinner bait in, follow up with a drop shot, follow up with a Ned rig. And before the bait would hit bottom, you know, you'd be hooked up. Um, swim bait caught some fish, uh, when, when they seemed to be reluctant to take spinner bait, but I'd say probably the half ounce white spinner bait and pick your favorite drop shot bait is is what won the tournament for me wow I like it. and and that the thing, sounds like a the, blast <laughs> the fish the fish that wanted it and i, I kid you not man and it's something you got to experience these the, when a lake st Clair smallmouth wants a spinner bait you better be holding on uh what well, i got bruises i got bruises on my side right now from setting the hook on those fish it's just it's a blast you know you're sore tired uh it was eight hour well seven hour drive for me uh, I live up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, so I got into 
I got home last night, 1.15 a.m., uh, had to go to work. So I woke up this morning before 5 a.m. to head to work. So just a few hours of sleep last night, but that's the, that's the grind of the weekend kayak angler, right? Or you, drive straight, or you drive straight to Possum Kingdom like Ryan and go fish in the floors. What an, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't advise it. Yeah. I tell you what, though. I'll put this offer out there. Uh, I, live, I live up in the Upper Peninsula, right? Um, we got a big small mouth up here. I'll take someone out up here. I'll take someone out on St. Clair. If you guys put me on some big old large mouth down there in Texas, Louisiana, Florida, wherever it's at, my uh, PB Sounds small good, mouth man. obviously is bigger than my, my PB uh, – large mouth so I'd, I'd like to flip that around yeah we can probably fix that pretty easily anywhere down south i would think uh i'd like to get up there and play with small mouth though i mean we've got we've got 100 inch bags in tennessee on the rivers but i want to get on a lake and and catch them like that i'm used to having to <laughs> to cover 12 miles running the river to, <laughs> to to get a good bag right that's uh, it's like a 200 it was like a 200 yard spot back in April on St. Clair where I caught my 103 and a quarter inch bag. Uh, I was boat flipping 19 inch fish, tossing them back without putting them on a board. That's the kind of bag that, that, that we were on up there. So it was, uh, you know, it was pretty fun back in that tournament. You know, I had kind of a lackluster day one. I think I had 88 inches and, uh, followed it up big two with 103 and a quarter. And, you know, so I was looking forward to this St. Clair tournament too, or, or at least two St. Clair tournaments. I bet you were. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I've got a little bit of experience on, on St. Clair, even though I live so far away. I used to live down in that area. So, but, uh, it's, it's a fun lake, man. I recommend it. Anybody who can come up here and experience it. Um, April, May is the time to do it. This time of year gets a little tough. Then the fish get in their summer pattern and it starts getting good again. And explain yeah. how St. Clair's set up. Sounds we'll tough. lead into to the next part here, but Half of St. Clair is, is Canadian waters, right? And you can't Correct. fish the Canadian side until X date, which I'm sure you'll tell us because you know, but I don't. Um, yep. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so so I would say topography-wise, the closest lake to Lake St. Clair is Lake Okeechobee down in Florida. Uh, it's just a bowl. There's not a ton of depth changes. It's typically just a gradual um, – make sure my phone's not dying – 7%. Uh, it's just a gradual depth change, most of the lake. But, uh, as you mentioned, the shipping channel basically cuts directly out of, um, the South channel of the Lake St. Clair river and runs almost directly across the lake down to the Detroit river. Um, on a typical year, uh, Canadian waters, their bass season opens up. I believe it's the la uh, third Saturday in June, which is ironically the same time our catch and keep bass season opens up for Lake St. Clair in Michigan. So right now, if you're fishing a boat tournament on St. Clair, it's a paper tournament. Uh, catch and keep for St. Clair doesn't even open up until what, two weekends from now. But, uh, but yeah, it's, and Canada's got just as good, if not better fishing than, especially in the summer than what uh, the U S produces. It's, it's an incredible fishery. There's rock, there's weeds, uh, current related structure, uh, a lot of sand, I was focusing on transitions where it went from sand to rock, rock to weeds, rock to gravel. I mean, just, just any kind of transition is where I was finding my fish. Well, clearly it worked. And I've always heard the Canadian side when it opens, fish is pretty good because those fish haven't been, you know, messed with for, for months. So they're just kind of there chilling yeah. out waiting to eat something. Yeah, exactly so right. They don't, they don't beat them up over there. We had posted and it involved – Canadian waters. Do you know what actually happened? We had, like I said, we had kind of a vague post that was put on here 
a bunch of people are going to get DQ'd or whatever. I only heard of one guy that got DQ'd. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's my understanding. I don't I don't know the hundred percent ins and outs of it. Um, we did our weigh-ins or weigh-ins award ceremonies at uh, yeah. Lake or Lake St. Clair Metro Park. Um, mm-hmm. We had ninety degree days, bright sun, and this is the largest. Um, this is the largest park in the greater Detroit area. The line to get into the park was about four miles long. They had cops directing people. You guys can well, come this why, way. You guys go that way. Yes. So you got why two roads. Why did you have your way in there? Uh, it's I, one of the only areas. Yeah. It's one of the only areas that's, that's conducive to have so many people. But unfortunately, the logistics of getting in made it really tough. But So I didn't. White Castle are up there. You can meet up at the parking lot or something. What kind of yeah, I think we got. I think we got a couple, but okay. uh, but but yeah, it was. Uh, so I didn't get to the weigh-in probably, or I keep saying weigh-in. I'm so used to basketball turning tournaments. We, we know what you mean? We call it that too. A link. Yeah. Yeah. We learned that the term. Uh, yeah, there we go. Link that term I like this it. weekend as well. Yeah, um, YDO right or WDO? Yes. But no, but right, uh, right. I that's I, I can I can say for certain I've never heard it up here, but that's, oh, yeah. uh, no one has. That's a good one. Worldwide, yeah, right? so I didn't. I didn't show up. We we're supposed to be there at four thirty. I probably didn't get there till like five something. So everything that had happened had already happened. Um, I do know that a lot of good fishing this time of year. The fish will spawn up shallow, and then they'll move out to that shipping channel area. So a lot of good rock piles and where those post spawn fish will congregate are typically right along the shipping channel. Uh, I don't know if it was that type of situation or what exactly happened. Um, you know, I can't speak for the angler himself, but. I do know a lot of boats this time of year are fishing right along that line because once those fish pull out, that's where the young of the year perch are. That's where a lot of gobies are. You know, that's kind of where they'll they'll relax until they start going full summertime pattern. Well, you know, day one you did what you did, but day two you backed it right up. I, it's you know, KBF does something a little bit different. It's not a two day tournament; it's two one day tournaments. Right. But you but you went ahead and just backed it right up with even more inches on day two. Did you go right back to the same fish? It was, it was pretty much the same area um, where I, um, I basically explored a different part of the same flat, some of those different transition areas. Um, basically, I got lucky and stumbled across that 21, was it 21 and a quarter on day two? Um, that one kind of changed the, comple- the, the complexion of the day for me just because uh, – that's when, when, when it hit, when it hit the drop shot and you set the hook into it and it goes, I was like, well, this is either a sheephead or this is a big smallmouth. And then it answered that question pretty quickly when it come about four foot out of the air. And, uh, when it hit the net is when I realized, okay, this is, this is a good fish. And like I said, you know, kind of tongue in cheek had that 1975, but I tried like heck to get rid of it. 18 inch or 18 inch or 17 inch or 18 inch or, and uh, just couldn't get rid of it the last two hours, but it's, uh, it's fu- it it That's was crazy. fun. I had a blast. Uh, you know, good group of guys fished it. Um, I, I I couldn't be happier, man. Uh, it's it's worth the lack of sleep that I, I I've uh, gotten over the past few days. I don't know how to look up big bass on fishing chaos. I apologize. I'll do better. But uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to try to see big bass for the day. You know, on Tony X at the bottom, it just throws it up there. Right. If anyone knows, tell me in the chat, and I'll go find it and throw it on the screen. Uh, I'll tell you what, and this is for both of y'all, both tournaments. I always, I, I've said this before on the podcast, but I always look at the mid 
middle of the pack to see how the lake was really fishing to know if it was you know that one guy hammered him or did everybody catch him and he just caught the big ones and if you go down here i mean people are in 30th place with 80 inches of smallmouth on day two and 40th place on day one for you then you go to sam rayburn and all the way down there let's see if i can get the the full standings up same thing on sam rayburn i mean i think out of the 115 people three quarters if not more had you know limits on both days uh, you know, people made big moves on day two. So both lakes were fishing great. I know they were both obviously completely different, but why do you think both fish so well this time of the year right now? You want to go ahead and start, Brian? That's a good question. Sure. Um, man, I, you, you know, Rayburn, uh, Rayburn's just one of those lakes, you know, I mean, if you watch any videos on that lake in, in normal part of the year, it's got thousands of boats on it all the time. I mean, I, you know, doing a little research when I could on YouTube, um, there was one guy that had like a 35 pound limit out there. And, uh, you know, he starts off in a cove and, and you're looking one direction and there's, and there's six boats, you know, within 80 yards. And then the boat turns 90 degrees and there's five more boats within 80 yards, the other direction. I mean, it, that's the way it is on Rayburn. And he caught 35 pounds, you know, with that much pressure around him. So I think Rayburn just has the numbers, has those fish all the time. You know, I, I it, it's, you, you've guys seen it. I mean, people pull 40 plus pound limits out of there. Um, and it's a huge lake, has a ton of fish. Um, you know, obviously, if you're going to have a flooded lake, the springtime is the best time to, to have it happen in early summer. Um, so I, I, th I think it was just, you know, a, a mix of everything, Rayburn being a good lake, the water being up, no pressure. Um, I think uh, a lot of factors involved. Let me, let me say something about that because it was, I talked to one guy that I ran into in a bass boat because I only ran into one Wow. and they said it was the most bizarre yeah. thing to see that lake basically vacant. I mean, we had the yeah. lake to ourselves pretty much. It was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a once in a while really, deal. It, it couldn't have been more perfect, honestly. I, I was I was worried about it because I was like, man, the ramps are going to be closed. We're all going to be packed into two or three ramps, and it's just going to be tough. And but the the water access was was wide open. I mean, the cove that I or the creek that I fished, I mean, it had three different little dirt roads that you can get to the water and launch. Um, I I expected it to have none, uh, so there was a lot of places for everybody to kind of spread out. I don't know how it was around you guys, but um, I think only two kayakers the whole weekend got within a hundred yards of me. Yeah. I didn't see any. So we launched together, I launched but I never with, saw it. I launched with Christine. Well, I launched an hour after Christine um, on day one, down a little pig trail. She was the only other kayaker that I saw. And day two, I launched an actual ramp with uh, another female kayaker, kayaker named Wesley Gray. That's her, Jeff, correct? Yeah. Uh, and she was the only other kayaker that I saw. Like, so two people the entire tournament. That's, uh, I, don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know of any tournament that I've ever been around less people than that. It was awesome. Hats off to Hobie and AJ for doing their homework and sticking to the guns and not calling that tournament off. You know, whenever, when you're seeing all the flood stuff, how much water there was, I was picturing like what I ran into here today, like flash floods, like roads closed, you know, dangerous conditions. That was great. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was freaking awesome. It was perfect. Good, good job. 
Well, like Jeff was saying, I, I expected uh, a chocolate milk, you know, I, I was trying to get an idea. I think somebody posted on the BOS page about the water being up in the trees and you looked at the water clarity and, and it was just the perfect, <laughs> you know, slight, slight stain. Um, and then I got out there on Friday and I, I ran a crankbait in the water and, and it's three feet down and I can still see it pretty good. So it had that tannin, you know, stain to yeah, it, yeah. but it was yeah. still really clear. Um, and man, I, I, you know, I'm so glad it was like that. I, oh, I love fishing muddy water, but, um, you know, when the I water's got some, some clarity to it, it makes you want a lot some easier. muddy water. I got, uh, muddy water. <laughs> I yeah, saw a picture go. from, from Rolando, man, and that water at Possum Kingdom right now is, uh, is crazy. It's like, it's like tan colored. There's like one inch of visibility. Chocolate milk goes, <laughs> yeah. this, this, this water is thick. You could walk on it. That's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So, I'll, Brandon, you already kind of touched on why St. Clair was fishing so good. Before you talk about that, you kind of go into more detail on that. Let me throw this picture up. Somebody found the big bass for that tournament up there. Uh, and it's actually my old town te teammate caught it. Get uh, off his old town stuff, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't pronounce his last name. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, look at that giant. 21 and three quarter. Uh, Ryan <laughs> Matilwitz. Matilwitz. It's pretty. My apologies. I'll pet that Ryan. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I, I always kind of attribute Lake St. Clair's success to you can fish. By the way, can you hear me? I had to take the ear, earbuds out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Um, I attribute Lake St. Clair's success to you can fish how you want to fish. There's so many fish per acre on, on St. Clair. If you right now want to go out and fish deep and throw a swim bait, you're going to catch fish. If you want to fish shallow, throw a square bill, you're going to catch fish. Uh, you want to wing around a tube and just do wind drifts all day. Guess what? You're going to catch fish. Um, there's just so many fish per acre. And that's why when the elites come to town, the Bassmaster Elite Series, you look down in 50th place is touching with 17, 18 pounds. You know, that's a limit of 18, 19 inch fish. It's, it's just, it's, a, it's an incredible fishery. It's an embarrassment of riches. Um, a lot of real big fish. You don't see, you don't too often see seven pound fish, but if you have, you know, if you have a big tournament with over 50 guys, somebody's weighing in, there's going to be several six pounders weighed in. So it's just, uh, ever since the, the gobies come into the lake and it's just, it's just been incredible. I mean, the fish are fat, uh, post spawn fish recover pretty quickly. Um, they don't go into the same funk that you'll find on other inland smallmouth lakes. It's just, you can catch fish. You, if you can find them, you can catch them all year long out here. And it's, it's, uh, this, this week, the guys didn't have too, too much trouble finding them. And, as I mentioned before, uh, if you're struggling to find smallmouth, go beat the seawalls, go beat the canals, and you're going to put up, you know, you might be able to touch 90 with largemouth. It's just, it's, it's a cool fishery, um, a lot of fish. You can fish how you want to. It'll make anybody feel special on the right day, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, Rayburn was on the bucket list, and St. Clair's definitely on my bucket list too, so got Rayburn checked off. Yeah. Now i got to make that long, long trip up north. That's it. You yeah, follow on my trip. bucket list. Yeah. Ha. You better you better get ready, boy. We're gonna have a good time down there. I can't wait. I can't wait. That's good. That's All gonna right. be a great tournament, I think. I Anybody <laughs> watching, please with the last ten minutes or so, uh ten or fifteen minutes here, we wanna take questions from y'all. I'm gonna try to go back and find them. We've got some people on YouTube. I'm assuming raw exposure is uh John Allen. He doesn't have his name in there. Uh, I mean it's gotta be one of the Allens. I don't know who else would be yeah, exposing yeah. themselves. Uh Clifton, yes, to answer your question from earlier. Uh, Texas has gotten me uh, over a barrel a couple times since I've been here. 
Uh, one of them was thanks to your brother's shenanigans last night in Plano. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you guys ever see John Allen talking trash on KBN, John Allen is really like that in real life, like 24-7, like talking trash to everybody. Uh, our waitress brought us our tab without asking for it or before we got our second drink uh, just to send us out because he was so annoying. We got to watch the fight with some random, uh, some random ladies that were here from Africa. Uh, John said he would be their boyfriend, and they let us share the reserve table to watch the fight last night. Uh, it was a, a lovely stop, and then I got here this morning, and of course, I think we got like five inches of rain first thing this morning and a big thunderstorm. So the first three roads that I went to trying to get to the ramp were flooded over. And finally on the third one, I was just like, man, I'm going to drive through. I asked the dude, I was like, is it cool? Like, am I going to get arrested or something if I, <laughs> if I drive through this? And he's like, nah, go ahead and give it a shot, man. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's been a good time. Good old Texas. Got some comments coming in. Joey Randall, high water isn't always dirty. You're right. Rayburn filled up slow, I guess, and it was just like a big old swimming pool out well, I think because it settled. Yeah. You know, Rayburn's not yeah. a ton of current. Rayburn's got a tiny little dam on it, so it's kind of just like a holding tank is what it felt like. Yeah. But yeah. well, it's, uh, it's a giant lake, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Larry, Larry Hill's got a question for Brandon. And he used the wrong word. He should have said, do brown fish go wide dick open on a catch board? But he said, yo, ape shouldn't. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All, all, these, all these marks, all these marks on the palm, all these cuts, those are, those are from the brown fish. As soon as they hit the board, it's, it's game over. Uh, the, 21, uh, the 21 and a quarter that I caught, I put it on the board, one hand on the fish. It's cooperating nice. Camera up, brand new iPhone 12, 13, whatever the new iPhone is. It flops up, hits my net, brings my net over, knocks over my phone and out of my hand. I bear hug the fish. Phone gets cracked. I mean, it's it, they're they're incredible. It's, they hit awesome. they hit the board, they hit the board, and it's just it, it's it's all bets are off. You know, it's I got a I got a trick where I'll try to keep them. You know, try to keep them in the water until I go right to the board with them. But it's like you got to be quick with your pitchers. There's not a whole lot of time. You know, there's not a whole lot of time to man. I wish he was a quarter inch longer. It's you get your pitcher and you get the fish back because <laughs> they they're not cooperative at all. That's awesome. And those those smallmouth have that trick where they lift their nose up just enough to get over the fence and then just flick like that and just go right over the side. Oh, it's it's so so. This is my. I've been fishing. I bought my first kayak about 13 months ago. I fished my first tournament last August. Um, my, my second tournament ever was the Michigan state championship up on grand Traverse Bay. And I had like a 18 and three quarter on the board and I got a little, uh, hog trough, you know, lime green hog trough at the time. And I'm on top of the world. I just caught, I just caught a like 18 inch fish, put it on the board. It spines me, flops over. That was my limit fish, and just right back in the drink. And I still have the picture of the fish's tail as it's going back in the drink. And uh, it's it's they're they're mean, man. But that's what makes them fun. Uh, you don't know how many times you say to yourself, you hook into one, and it just go on an impressive run. You'd be like, this is the fish I need for it to come up and be sixteen and a half inches and just make you look like a fool. And then you know you oh. get kind of angry with them. It's like, all right, this would be fun if I'm fun fishing. Just get in the boat so I can get you back and catch another one. But the, the the fish at Rayburn a absolutely shocked me how how hard they were fighting in practice yeah. I, I hooked into three or four fish and I was like that's a five pounder you know and it would come up and it was a seventeen and I'm like what the there's no way I mean they were pulling drag and it, it it blew my mind how hard those fish were fighting 
Dude, I had a couple 14 and 15s pull like it was a big time cold for me, and they were and they were not. <laughs> it was nuts. What else we got coming through here? Uh, uh, Matthew, was, uh, by the way, hey, I haven't been wearing sunscreen for like five days now. I got a text coming your way, buddy. You just like. Yeah, hey, it was supposed to rain every day, and it never did while we were out there on the water. So we got I don't know. You, got you, guys, you guys see that? Yeah, Those tan lines? You got the two-tone going on. That's nice. <laughs> I wear, that's, if I wear short sleeves at a restaurant or something, my, people look at me like I've got something wrong with me. But uh, I wear too many long sleeve shirts when I fish, and it's uh, – the guys yeah, will like, me for it. But I'll, I'd rather yeah, be comfortable I, than sunburnt. Yes, sir. I got these, uh, these NRS um, fishing shirts. They have the built-in buff and hood, but they also have a built-in hand cover with the thumb holes. That is the best shirt I've ever worn in my life it's so soft it's super soft yeah i mean i i i have no affiliation with nrs i actually won one um in the first cats event this year and uh i was like sure i'll give it a shot and it's like an 80 dollar shirt and i went out and bought like two more because i was like this thing's perfect i mean the hood stays up i have a columbia that has the hood on it and it's constantly blown off my head the nrs one stays up and and it's it's a great shirt, especially to save your hands. I've got a question. Is there a solution for the gap between the end of your long pants and your shoes? Because I've got sunburned ankles like you wouldn't believe just in the front of my yeah. ankles. I mean, they are blistered up. There's no there's no kind of like onesie, onesie kind of fishing pants you can That's slide on. Say, I, yeah. You can probably find yourself a nice onesie that you can go out and wear. I think I my solution yeah, with, is I'm just going to wear gloves for the night. I got tournament coming up in yeah. two weeks. I'm just going to wear gloves. Even it out. Yeah, try, try <laughs> to even it out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We had another question for St. Clair. Are pedal drives necessary in lakes like St. Clair or bigger fisheries? Even St. Rayburn, it's a big fishery. You guys think pedal drives big. are necessary? I think pedal drives are necessary everywhere because if you like yeah. to fish, everywhere. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a game have, changer. Like, a, a bow mount trolling motor. Unless you have a bow mount yeah. trolling motor. I wouldn't even consider a paddle kite. No offense. Yeah. Now, it, has one. There's been a lot of guys in in our local club that have that have won with a paddle with a paddle kayak. But man, it, it if you can if you can win a tournament on on a paddle kayak, you could blow everyone away on a pedal. You could have done right. better on a pedal. You know, it sucks having it sucks. a paddle. Like let's be honest, it's yeah. miserable. There's nothing fun yeah. about that to me. Well, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pause this camera real quick. Like, like you, uh, like you mentioned in fishing offshore, um, St. Clair, there are no wind breaks. Um, there's no, you can tuck up against this. You're, you're in a bowl, and if that wind's coming any kind of south or north, you're going to get. You know, if you're if you're in a paddle kayak, it's going to be miserable, man. It's at least with a pedal, you can hold yourself in a spot. You know, you're constantly pedaling to hold yourself on a spot up against the wind. But like I said, anybody who wins, anybody who wins on on St. Clair with a paddle kayak would absolutely have every ounce of my respect because you you earned it. You did something very special. And that's not to say that you can't go out and do like wind drifts, like I mentioned earlier. Just go around, drag around tube, and luck into five good ones, but. It'd be an anomaly to, to go out and do consistently well out of a paddle. I like it. Uh, if, you, if you guys hear any, if you guys hear any screaming in the background, my wife is going absolute. I'm going to use the other guy's term, ape shit, in the living room. The Razorbacks are playing. It's bottom of the eighth, two to two in Nebraska to get to the College World Series. So she's going nuts in there. 
Okay. All right. so Support. Not, we, we, yeah, we might get a little Woo Pig Suey in the background or something. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Right. We are about to go get dinner at a place called Boondocks. Oh, okay. If anybody's in town for the PK event, uh, we're gonna have a little shindig over there later. Swing by. Good deal. Hey, and let me let me tell everyone. Uh, Ryan makes fun of me a lot for being an old guy, but I stayed out with him on uh, Friday night before the tournament until the wee hours of almost ten o'clock. <laughs> yep. Almost ten o'clock, and. Uh, <laughs> I felt it the next day, but I tell you what, it was one of the funnest times I've had at the tournament, hanging out with those boys. I mean, it was a good time, so appreciate you putting it's up. It's a real man. thing. It's a real thing. Like, in these tournaments, like, if you can get, get a few people together and go out and just let loose, and I don't advise doing it the night before the tournament, but if that's how it works out, then that's how it works out. But make sure don't. make sure you put that on your list. Yeah, ask David Cruz how it turned out. If you, oh, if you see David. Ask Billy Bowden how it turned out. He didn't Ooh. wake up till nine thirty the next day. Good yeah, job. That Billy. might have affected his uh, might have affected his day day one score. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. It's it's at CLTV out here. He'll learn. He learned the hard way. Ashley, Ashley's in the comments. Don't apologize. Don't apologize, Ashley. Let her rip. Let her rip in there. I just uh, I've got the play by play up on the other screen. Uh, two run homer to left field, Arkansas. Let's nice. go. All right. Let's go. Well, we'll let you get to dinner, Ryan. I, we'll, we'll let these boys out of here. I know they're tired like like we are. We'll be cheering for you on Possum Kingdom, man. Uh, hope you can, <laughs> can bring it home over there. You. Yeah. And, and Brandon, early, congrats once early, again. Early prediction, early prediction to cash a check is uh, is the old man, Terry Golden. I think I think you may see Terry show out in, in this one here. So keep your eyes peeled. Let's go. Oh, Brandon, one of your one of your medals fell off the couch. Dropping like flies. Oh, back no. There. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. I have to get it. It's all good. Fine. It's all good. But man, I know you're beat, so we appreciate you taking the time to, to come on here with us and visit. It was a great interview and a fun time, man. Yeah, thanks like for having it. me like on, it. guys. It's uh, good, good talking to you guys. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, for sure. And we keep somehow winning. we lost. Keep we'll keep bringing you back. Somehow we lost Brian. He, right. he said he was pausing I'll, his camera and he did. He disappeared, but that's all right. I'll get with him and thank him for coming old, on too. The old Irish goodbye. Good move, Brian. That's Good right. Move. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Hey. All right, y'all take care. I'm gonna go play in this mud hole for a minute. We're out of here. Cheer Arkansas home. Here we go. Yep. Good luck, you guys. Next event. <laughs> all right, y'all. guys. Y'all have a good night.